All right. Um, it's our third message in this series going through Matthew chapters 1 and 2. And uh, the first one kind of went through the, the family tree a little bit there in Matthew, the beginning of Matthew chapter 1. And, and then uh, we got to look at the parents last week, um, mainly focused in on Joseph that time. Um, and then today we're talking about the visitors. Um, if you're following along in the, the devotional that we've been kind of promoting to take us through this, uh, um, it's some interesting readings this week. Um, interesting thing, too, about Nick and his group. Uh, before we ever decided we were using this devotional for, he, was, he bought all of his small group members a copy of the book. I mean, uh, which I thought, well, that's kind of cool. So now everybody's going to want to be in Nick's group because he gives them gifts, you know. But um, so anyway, they're all going along through it. I know some others are as well. Um, but it gets you in the scriptures and Sinclair Ferguson, who's retired pastor many years from Scotland, um, but actually ministered in uh, one of the Carolinas here for probably 20 years, um, has a lot of insight uh, on history and, and, and all of the things here in terms of the, the scriptures of the Christmas story. So uh, let's pray before we get into the passage here and read through and talk about the Magi and the Messiah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity um, to gather together. And uh, if we're honest, there are days where, you know, we just don't want to show up. <laughs> we just are, our, our bodies are tired or maybe our minds are not in the right place. Um, things happening that uh, we just don't feel like being around others. But God, just thank you for um, the blessing that does come, Lord, when we're around each other. We are able to encourage one another, as it says, day after day, as long as it is still called today. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would open our minds and our hearts this morning, that we might be able to hear your spirit speak into our hearts. Lord, help familiar passage um, take maybe uh, a fresh meaning for us and that would draw us closer to you. And Lord, we also just want to pray for um, our church family, friends, maybe our own families, Lord, who are struggling today, um, maybe just emotionally having a very hard time. We pray, God, for just a strengthening in their spirit, and uh, might, we, might we be able to come alongside them and uh, to, um, to lift them up um, in practical ways, also in prayer. And Lord, we pray for those that are, that are ill, that are physically uh, struggling, and we just pray, God, for just a, a healing power to be released from you by your grace you touch their bodies, restore their health, and um, Lord, might you draw them near to you uh, in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So the passage today that we're uh, taking a look at is, is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, and it does uh, take us through the, um, the Magi visiting uh, Jesus. So let's, I'll just read through this here for you. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. 
and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the excuse me, forgot to advance there, and assembling of all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose and went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of God. Now, there's a lot of things uh, said about these wise men, Uh, the magi, as they are called, and other... um, editions of the scriptures, but um, they're not magicians, from what we know, uh, and I guess really the issue is we know very little, okay? The scripture just says they're wise men from the east, okay? And so, um, some have speculated that they could very well be like from Babylon, Persia area, which kind of in some ways makes sense because they would have been known for uh, wise men. Um we don't know how many there were, right? The Christmas cards and some of the Christmas carols uh, allude to three, probably because there are three gifts mentioned, but you don't know if one guy brought, you know, maybe the other two forgot to bring gifts and the one brought all three. I mean, or if there were a hundred wise men. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, and it doesn't, the number doesn't matter, okay? That's, that's the point, right? A lot of people get hung up on uh, little minutia details that aren't important, really. I mean, they're interesting questions, yeah. The whole star is an interesting thing. Was it a star? Was it a um, was it was it two planets coming uh, aligning at the time and made kind of a, a prominent star? Was it a comet? Was it um, a miraculous body that God just? brought in for that time? I, mean, I don't know. We don't know. Um, we do know the star guided them. Um, and so I, I say there's a lot of things that um, are, are presumed, but we don't really have a lot of evidence for. But we do know that these, these guys were at least interested in the stars, right? They said they were following this star. It guided them there. So they're at least interested in the stars, okay? And uh, they're from the east. So I think we can make some, uh, let's just for the, um, make this assumption that they're from Babylon, Persia area, uh, wise men from there. And, but what does it say there? It says that they, um, 
they come inquiring, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Well, these guys are presumably Gentiles, um, non-believers, but interested in something that's happening in the cosmos, and they have, must have had some information about the prophecy about a Messiah, okay? Now, why are they asking about where has the Messiah been born if they didn't have some information about it, right? And so, um, do you remember where Daniel and his friends were taken into captivity? Babylon, right? And uh, I think it's in Daniel chapter 2 where... Um, Of course, Daniel was gifted by God with the ability to interpret dreams and visions and so on. And he interpreted uh, the king's dream that he had there that there would be at one time uh, a king that would come in and destroy all the other kingdoms and his kingdom would last forever, right? Of course, alluding to uh, King Jesus, right? Um, And so, and also, by the way, there was a prophecy in Numbers 24, Balaam's prophecy about a star and a scepter rising out of Jacob. And so I'm just saying that, you know, Babylon was known for its uh, interest in these studies. We know that Daniel and his friends were uh, taught the Babylonian ways and instructed in all kinds of uh, wisdom. And and so it would not be unheard of, right, uh, for that there to be record of all those things, right? Because, um, of course, these kings are coming, or these, these uh, magi, these wise men are coming well after that because Daniel would have, that time of Daniel would have been around 600 or 605 B.C., right? Now we're leading up to the time of, at the Christ's birth, right? So, um, so I think that, it, that these, again, this speculation here, that these wise men, because they're asking questions about where the birth of the Messiah would be, and they, being from the East, we, we don't have any uh, reason to believe that they would be believers, but they're seekers. They're trying to find out the truth of what's going on, the, the truth of, the, of a prophecy, uh, the truth of the prophecy of a star, of a coming Messiah, and uh, they're in pursuit of the truth. And I find that fascinating, that, that we have a record of these wise men doing that. And so um, God used his creation here, whether it be um, a miraculous creation and the moment of the star or his already existing creation, he used that to, um, to draw these men to Jesus. They're on a journey to Jesus, basically, <laughs> um, that's what's happening. But he, he uses uh, his creation to do that. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, um, uh, the heavens, says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork, right? Um, and this is not, you know, some people might say this, well, this, is, this is that nature is talking to us. No, that's not what it's saying. It says God can, can make himself known through nature, right? Through what he has created. Uh, Romans chapter 1 even tells us that. And so, you know, the search for Jesus starts at different places for all kinds of people. Think about your own self, right? Um, if you have come to believe in Jesus, or maybe you're in pursuit of understanding who he is, you're still on the journey. Um, what got you thinking along those lines, right? What got you pursuing 
the truth about who Jesus is. Um, for me, it was kind of a lack of purpose, I think, is really what it came down to. I, I was, uh, you know, in college and just kind of wondering, it's kind of at a crossroads, I guess you'd say, about I want, I'm going to take this path or that path. And yeah, even though I had, I grew up going to church, I was not, um, had not put my faith in Christ. And so, but God used my college years and being away from home and being faced with certain things that really got me on a quest. And actually, if I'll be honest, it was my interest in, in playing sports that probably <laughs> drew me to Jesus because the people from the church that I got involved with eventually down there were inviting me to play volleyball and basketball and things like that. And so I came in the church to the side door, so to speak. I mean, uh, I didn't get invited to church right away. I just, you know, uh, and not that, I, not that I wouldn't necessarily said no right off the bat if somebody had invited me to church, but I got to know some people who were believers. And, 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 and just, just to bring up the fact that the journey to Jesus arts in all kinds of ways with different people. Um, some, it's very personal, right? Some, that journey may begin uh, because someone received, received like some life-altering diagnosis that's then got them thinking about God and what he's doing. Or maybe uh, you, someone's lost their means of income and now you're at a crossroads. Or you've had a baby or you've lost a husband or wife or gone through a divorce. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we, are, we go through or experience that can get us on this search for Jesus, okay? The Magi, God was using um, the star and a prophecy, and they're on a quest. They're on a quest. We see these uh, different types of encounters with people in the Bible, too. Um, think about Paul on his way to Damascus, right? Um, and literally, it says, you know, knocked off his horse, right? Because he had an encounter with Jesus. And um, God used that encounter there, right? And he, was, he thought he was in the way of the truth, right? He thought he was doing the right thing, handing over these Christians to the jailers, you know, these people that were radical believers in Jesus, if you might say, um, who believed that he had risen from the dead. And, and yet, you know, the Lord Jesus himself shows up and says, Paul, Paul, or Saul at the time, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? And so for him, it was uh, an actual encounter with Jesus. And then you've got uh, Zacchaeus when Jesus was walking the earth, right? Uh, here you've got Zacchaeus, uh, this religious leader, right, guy, um, who's up in a tree, right? Watching Jesus, you know, he heard Jesus was around, he could see him through the crowd, but he was up in this tree. And that's when his quest came for wanting to know who Jesus is. And then you have people like the woman at the well, right? She's there at some uh, odd hour of the day to get water. Um, and Jesus knows everything about her, all that's going on in her life, because, you know, he knows it all, right? <laughs> and uh, But yet he lovingly uh, talks to her and strikes up a conversation, and she has this Jesus encounter, and it changes her life, right? And um, so I'm just trying to point out the fact that you know God is drawing people to encounter Jesus. He's 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 working 24/7, and uh, 
And everybody that's a believer in Jesus has, a, has some kind of a story about how that journey began. Okay, and that's part of your God story. And um, it's important to share that, I think, with people. When you're, when you're relating to them, they see that you're, just, you're a real person. You're not some wacko. Uh, you, know, you believe in Jesus. You believe he raised from the dead, all of that. Um, but he has worked in the, through the circumstances of your life to bring you to faith in him. So, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and this is actually interesting because this was God's word to the exiles in Babylon, okay? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that's why I, I encourage people that when they, when they, um, when they sense God kind of drawing them and there's this interest that wells up in their heart to, to know more about Jesus. could be one of the circumstances I mentioned earlier that kind of awakens within them a desire. That to, to, you, want to, you want to be all over that seeking. You want to, um, it's kind of like surfing, which I've never done nor would I ever probably be good at, but to ride the wave, Right? So when you sense God is, 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 is really working on your heart, drawing you to him, you need to move in. You need to pursue him and seek him, like it says, with all your heart. Right? Um, because I know it's not the devil drawing you into Jesus. He would want that, right? And so um, pursue knowing him. Pursue learning about Jesus, whether that's with a friend that you have that that's a believer, or maybe it's uh, just reaching out to us here and saying, how can I get to know more about Jesus? We could definitely help you with that. But, but the Lord is working through your life, and he wants you to pursue him. He, he's not playing hide-and-seek. He's there to be found. It's just a matter of whether we're looking, okay? And so um, the second thing that uh, it's interesting as we look through this passage about um, the Magi and the Messiah is just that we'll see, we see that the Word of God um, actually points them more directly to Jesus. Okay? The Word of God points them more directly to Jesus because up to that point, they followed the star to Jerusalem. It says they, it got them as far as Jerusalem, and then you kind of, kind of imagine. You know, they're going and say, hey, Becky, uh, or whatever your name is, uh, where is the Christ child, right? Where is it? We, we, we've heard he's going to be born you know, somewhere near here. We've been following the star. Have you heard, you know, do you know the way to San Jose? You know, or whatever. Can you tell us how to get to Jesus? Where was the baby born, you know? Presumably, they're asking around. They end up in Herod's court, okay? And, and, and we get a record of this here, Right? It says that when Herod the king heard this, right, um, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of these wise men where, it would actually inquired of the scribes and uh, the priests and the scribes where the Christ would be born. So he's like, okay, I'm going to get my top not religious experts on this. We're going to have them look this up. You know, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Okay, well, uh, they come back. Verse 5, it says, They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, 
for so it is written by the prophet, and then there's a quotation there, right, in you, O Bethlehem. And so, and so they, they have the answer. The religious leaders have the answer. And so, so then it says, Herod summoned these wise men. Um, well, why was Herod so interested? Well, when you read after the section that we're at today, uh, starting on with verse 13 and onward, you realize Herod is threatened by the fact that he's going to, he feel like he's going to be dethroned. This, this, this baby's being called the king of the Jews. And uh, if you read about this particular Herod, kind of a grisly kind of guy. I mean, he, uh, he, he killed family members, a wife. He had nine wives. I don't know how many of them he killed. But just evil, uh, power hungry. So he's just looking to maintain uh, his power. That's what he's looking to do. And so anything or anyone that would threaten that, he's going to try to find out about and squelch. Right? What, so what does he ask him about? He's like, well, when, uh, what time did you guys see that star? When did it start? When did you see it? Why do you think he was asking that? In the next section, when he starts killing babies, he wants to know at what age he's got to start. Isn't that terrible? I mean, obviously it's terrible, but it's just, this is who we're dealing with, okay? And so, um, he's just putting on this, this uh, veneer, like he's interested, and yeah, I want to come and worship too, so you guys go, you go, now that we know that he's in Bethlehem, and, and you come back and, you know, you tell me where he's at exactly. Okay, so, but it, it is interesting to me that um, the religious leaders, they had the answer to where the Messiah was going to be born, but they kind of like were very indifferent about it. You don't see them running off with the, with the Magi like, oh, this is cool. This is, you know, prophecy's coming true or maybe, maybe coming true. They seem to be totally indifferent to this. Um, of course, Herod is outraged, um, but but the word of God points them more specifically to Jesus. Okay? And so I want to just take just a quick moment to talk about the various reactions to the truth uh, about the newborn King Jesus here. Right? We mentioned the Magi. They heard the news. They just, after they heard the news about where he had born, they continued, to, they continued the search. Right? They, they got some of the truth and they just searched it out. That's what their response was, right? Um, and, and that's really what should happen with us, right? Even after you come into a relationship with Jesus, is uh, when we're in the Word of God, it teaches us more about Jesus and about who, who He is, what He's like, right? Uh, and that's what the study of the Word of God should do, is, is draw us to Jesus. Because, you know, the Old Testament, um, from my vantage point, makes so much more sense looking backwards from the New Testament, Right? When you can see uh, how God was using all of this, um, this system and what he was doing, pointing towards the coming Messiah and all this being fulfilled in the life of Jesus and, and um, even the ministry that he would perform now as our high priest and all this stuff. You know, it's just fascinating. So, so you, you see that, um, I mean, the common thread throughout all Scripture is this, this redemption thread, this redemption theme of 
of redeeming a lost people, of which we all are, um, being lost in our sins. And so, so the Magi, what happened was when they heard some of that news, uh, the truth, they pursued more. They just went after it. Herod, of course, um, he was just paranoid. And we already said that he's, he's, re, he's, not, he's not only just uh, paranoid about it, he's, going to, he's outright mad. He's opposing Jesus. And that is one response that you can get sometimes when you talk about the truth of who Jesus is. Some people want to search more about it. Some people totally oppose it. Okay? And even feel that it's a threat to believe that. Right? The implications of um, Jesus being Savior and Him being the Lord and obeying Him and His truth overriding anything else. I mean, that can be a, that people, some people feel threatened by that. Then, like I said, you've got the Jewish religious leaders who were ignoring uh, the Messiah. But, you know, they knew the information, didn't they? They had the information. They, had, they knew the Bible verses, man. They're the, they, won, they won the Bible, Bible quiz show, you know what I mean? Because they had the information here. They studied the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. They would have known it backwards and forwards. The problem is, um, it was uh, just knowledge. Uh, there, there wasn't a, a heart. Um, the heart was not affected by the information, right? In fact, Jesus himself uh, calls out religious leaders in John chapter 5. Let me read this for you. John chapter 5, verse 39, where it says, he says, You search the scriptures because you think that in them is eternal life. In other words, you think that, you know, memorizing all your scripture and knowing the laws and even trying to add more laws to interpret the laws, that there's life in that. He's like, no, you're missing it. <laughs> all that stuff, he says, is pointing to me. Because here's what he says He says next. He says, and it is, it, it is these, meaning the scriptures, it is these that bear witness to me. You see, those scriptures, they point to me. Uh, that's that's why I'm saying you know the word of God points us to Jesus right, uh, and, and that's you know the of all the people the religious leaders should have been uh, just running to Bethlehem to see if this is so see if the Messiah had come but no their hearts were not engaged. I think we have to guard against that as believers because um, you know we can kind of get into just learning information right. Going from Bible study to Bible study, and Bible studies are good. But am I allowing that Bible study information to transform my life? Am I taking it in? Am I, you know, by the grace of God, of course, becoming a doer of the word, right? We have to be careful that, that, we, that we are doers and we're not just, you know, know the information. So, the word of God points us to Jesus, but then the other thing we see is as the as the um, the magi, as the wise men uh, go to pursue, then onto you know, who Jesus is, and they continue their um, pursuit to to Bethlehem. Um, so, verse nine of Matthew chapter two, it says, "And and after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they." had seen when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So you get this sense um, 
Because it says in verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. You get the sense that maybe uh, they lost sight of that star after it got them to Jerusalem. I don't, I don't know. But then, then, then it uh, picked up somewhere along the lines when they, knew where they were supposed to go to Bethlehem. Um, and that, you know, when it says that the star came to rest over that place, you just get this, um, I, I don't know, God probably maybe used the, I, this is speculation, maybe used the, the normal trade routes to the Bethlehem and put that star right over, and located it, you know, from that vantage point over where the house where baby Jesus would be. And by the way, uh, this is probably, as some people believe this, this is probably uh, uh, between a year to two years after Jesus was born. It doesn't have to be the night he was born. People think that, that uh, they, that's why, you know, the, the whole manger scene with the three wise men all there on the night Jesus was born, it's probably not even the way it happened. I mean, uh, again, it's, that's nitpicky, you know, not trying to poo-poo that. But I'm just saying those things, it, there could have been some time pass, right? Um, and so, uh, but, but what we have here is, the, look at the response when they get there. Um, in verse 11, it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him. Um, I mean, they got it. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's so because, I mean, Jesus is a baby. It's not like he's going to say, hey, I'm the Lord of the universe, right? He's not, he's not even talking yet. Okay, or or maybe he might be maybe saying a couple words, maybe if you're two or something, right? Um, but I, it's just they just there's something in their heart that God touched that they just knew, right? And I, and I just kind of I think about this like with my own in, journey to Jesus uh, and believing in Him. It's just that there's plenty of reason for your faith. There's plenty of evidence for the authenticity of our faith, for the scriptures, for Jesus being the Christ, and so on, you know. Um, but then there's that, there's that faith element, right? That, that the Holy Spirit's drawing you. You're like, you just know it beyond certainty, right? On top of the reasons, you just know Jesus is real and he's the one, okay? And that's the Holy Spirit working in your heart. And, you know, you just see these people, these, these uh, wise men, they just bow down and worship because they know in their heart of hearts, this is the one. This is uh, the Messiah, right? And so they, and not only that, then they, they bring him these expensive gifts, right? Um, uh, it says, um, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? These are expensive gifts. Um, again, if you go on the the the, uh, the speculation trail, some have thought, well, maybe uh, you know, because after this, uh, the Jesus's family they have to hightail it out of town because of the, what's happening with Herod. They get word from the Lord that some people think, well, you know, it's it's expensive, you know, and so they may have just used some of that stuff to get some money and you know God's provision. We don't know, but these guys are they're sacrificially giving to the Lord. Right there, offering him their best, and I think about that with us, right? Uh, that when you recognize who Jesus is, you realize, you know what? He's the author of my life. <laughs> he, he he created me. 
He's, he has every right to direct me and lead me and, and uh, for me to give him my best. I mean, that's what he deserves, uh, uh, you know, if he's the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. And, and so when, when, when we recognize that, it's life-altering. It's life-altering. I mean, you take, take Saul, who became Paul, right? His life took a 180, right? First, he's turning in Christians and having them killed. Now he's trying to help people come to know Jesus. You know, I mean, it's just, woo! You know, and this is what happens uh, to a life that is given over to Jesus is that your worldview changes, right? Your, could very possibly, your, your core values of your life are changed from what they were before. Um, your, you just, your priorities change for your calendar and your tech checkbook or whatever. I mean, just... It, everything changes. Maybe not all at once, but as you as you pursue this relationship with Jesus, as you grow in it, He shows you more and more His will, and more of our life is, in a sense, kind of given over to Him. It's um, it's it's amazing. Uh, one of the quotes I wanted to share with y'all from the the devotional from Sinclair Ferguson. He says this. He says there was something unique about the wise men's experience. He's like, okay. That was a unique thing, for sure. But, he says, but we can also trace a pattern. An awakening takes place, and then a drawing, and then a discovering, and then a worshiping. I think that's so true from my experience, personally, and I think just others as well. That, you know, God works in our hearts, He draws us, He gets us on this Jesus journey, Right? He uses all kinds of people, all kinds of circumstances, sometimes over a period of years, but sometimes within a period of days. It just depends on the person. And then uh, there, there's a discovering of who Jesus is and then an offering of, of our life to him. That's an amazing thing. Every person's God story, I'll call that, um, is a powerful tool in the hand of God. Um, because it's, it's, it's at that moment when you believe in Jesus that your story is now intertwined with his story, right? And you, tell, you want to tell your story, but you want to tell the gospel story. That's how God showed you who Jesus really is. And that's what I see happening here with the Magi and the Messiah, right? They have the proper response when others didn't. And, and by the way, Everybody's on a different timetable, okay? So you may, you may have already made your journey to Jesus, and, and, and you're, you cannot understand why the people around you just don't get it, okay? So the best thing you could do is love on them, uh, continue to tell them the truth, and, and cry out to God for them, okay? That's the best thing you could do. Um, I've known people that, you know, have come to know the Lord on their their dying day and others very early on. And so everybody's on a different journey, but they everybody um, needs to hear the truth of who Jesus is, right? Um, but God is always drawing people. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, God, that you are reaching out to us you're reaching out to anyone who will hear 
you're drawing people to yourself to encounter your son, Jesus. And Father, I just, I just pray um, that anybody who's hearing this message today that doesn't have that full assurance of faith knowing about who Jesus is, that if, they've, if they sense you drawing them, if they sense that uh, I believe Jesus is the Christ now, I believe he is the Messiah, God, I just pray that today uh, they would say yes to Jesus and just put their full faith in him for their forgiveness, knowing that they need it, um, and just fully rely on him then to supply what they need, to receive the gift of eternal life. And Father, we just um, thank you for your patience. God, I think about for your patience in my own life and how um, you know, I didn't come to faith until my college years was other. It's, it's later. It's after they have kids or even in uh, their empty nest years. It, who knows? But Father, we thank you for your patience and your love. Help us, God, to um, I just pray that if also if someone's maybe not ready to put their faith in Jesus, but is, is, wants to know more and really sense that, well, maybe there really is something to this, that, that they would seek you with all their heart um, and that you would... Uh, um, they wouldn't let questions go unanswered. And they would really pursue who you are, Lord. And uh, we just thank you so much um, for the gift of your son, Jesus, God. And thank you for the reminder of this time of year when we celebrate his birth and why he came. Lord, help us not to lose sight of that. Help us to pass it on to our kids, our children's children, Lord, to let them know what the truth is um, about why we're giving gifts. We ask it in Jesus' name.